Now, if I earn a thousand dollars in the transaction from that one sale, then that's the same thing to say that each person that says no to me, it's worth a hundred dollars. So every time I make the call and let's say, hi, John, this is Leo calling and you say no to me. When I hang up the phone, I can say, thank you, John, for the hundred dollars. Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, John Karsibayev. Well, my name is Leo Toledo. I'm the owner CEO of Masterminds Consulting. We are a franchisee of Sandler Training. We are a sales development, sales effectiveness, and sales coaching company. You know, typically when I work with business owners, what I hear is, Leo, we built a great business, but I'm frustrated because my team doesn't really feel comfortable in prospecting. They don't know how to prospect effectively. Or if that's not a concern, maybe they do a good job in getting in front of opportunities, but then they find themselves perhaps either discounting to bring an opportunity in, or they have to concede uh, uh, terms. And so typically that's, those are the areas that we normally focus on. Awesome, Leo. Thanks so much for joining us on the Heavy Podcast. Uh, how long, uh, well, tell us a little bit more about, you, you know, your background before what you have been doing before career pathwise, uh, before you got involved with your current, uh, current project. Yeah, thanks. So I come from the roofing background. Originally, I started as inside sales. And then when the lead started slowing down, I quickly adopted the outside sales mentality where I'd have to go out in the field and create my own opportunities and uh, successfully was the top salesman throughout my tenure in the, in the field. Then I got, uh, I went into the management role, I was running a sales team there for about three years of, you know, process, sales strategies, the structure, KPI initiatives. And then from there I found Sandler, which it was, it's a sales training organization to integrate into our existing sales process in the company. But when I got exposed, I essentially fell in love with it. And, you know, here I am almost two years later. Awesome, man. That sounds exciting. And I'm pretty sure, you know, there's a lot that you learned through that process that you're now applying at your current organization, which is, you know, really cool. Um, as far as, you know, there's one topic that I really, I'm very passionate about. I talk to a lot of my guests on the podcast is all is around innovation. Uh, how do you build that culture of innovation? How do you continuously innovate your products and services? Uh, share with us a little bit more. How does that process work for you and at your company? Uh, what are some of the things that, you know, whether you're experimenting or just essentially anything that really helps you continuously improve and evolve when it comes to providing the services for your clients? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, my, my thought process behind innovation is, being a forward thinker, right? Not being afraid to, you know, change and, and integrate new technologies that are out to make the customer experience better, to make the customer experience more efficient. Um, I, 
I find that if you're not using digital media right now in your in your sales process, I think you're lagging behind because that's really where our trajectory is going as a business, you know, especially after COVID. Now there's no longer having to drive to a meeting. Now you can interface via remote. So I think using those tools uh, is definitely necessary for, for what's to come in the future. Awesome, that's great. Um, and, you know, as far as some strategies that, you know, anything from creative perspective, obviously, you know, you teach sales and, you know, that the whole process. And what has helped you in terms of really generate new leads, uh, new contacts, new prospects? How do you go about that on a daily basis? You know, there's a lot of different strategies, but what are the most effective ones that work well for you? Yeah, that's great. Um, so I'm a big fan of traditional cold outreach you know, I think cold calling can work because it, you know, it shows that, that you're confident enough in your services to create that outbound. Uh, aside from that, I also think that we're, because we're in a digital age, I really feel that branding and brand awareness is, is on the incline. And what I mean by that is really using video to provide personalized uh, commercials, right? In and what you do, how you do it differently, why it's important that your audience knows about you. Because now that we've transitioned to almost 100% digital, people are now seeing a lot of that uh, um, in the marketplace. And so if you're not investing in video technology, uh, um, SaaS tools regarding video, then I think you're going to be behind the eight ball. Interesting. And as far as um, when it comes to, you know, any, any pitfalls or any disadvantages or anything that you may want to avoid when it comes to the, you know, sales prospecting or anything that's kind of you coach your clients, share with us anything that's, you know, something basically, you know, anything that needs to be avoided from a perspective of that sales process. Mm. Yeah, so we have a principle in our in our sales process that talks about a 70-30 relationship. And really what that means is if you're having a call with an opportunity for an hour, 70% of the time is the prospect or the potential customer doing the talking. And the sales professional, sales representative is doing only 30% of the talking. And that's significant because, you know, we find that selling is not telling. Selling is asking, you know, gathering information as a professional, as opposed to telling your knowledge, telling why your business is better. Because lots of times what, what can happen is if you, you have someone ask you a question and you respond, uh, perhaps your response is not relevant to the reason why they asked you that question. Got it. Got it, got it. That's so, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It definitely does make sense. And then from a standpoint of any, you know, trends or ideas that really excite you from kind of from, from that sales coaching perspective in your industry, uh, what are the different trends you're observing? What are the latest ideas or, you know, innovations that maybe you're very passionate about that you think will be the next kind of the big trend? Share with us your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think video messaging is, is, is on the rise. Instead of, for example, leaving you a, a voicemail, I'll leave you a video message mail. So I'll do a 30-second commercial 
as to the reason and purpose of why I'm reaching out to you. And I'll send you that in a form of a link. And that does two things. One, it allows me to track the response rate from the, from the message. And, and also it differentiates me because now you're, you're seeing me in the way that I speak and the way that I, you know, sell my services. And immediately you can see if I'm being genuine, if I'm being authentic. Uh, and I think it's a big differentiator. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, and in terms of kind of technology and the different tools that you currently use that really help you, you know, expand your sales reach, uh, is there anything that's, you know, out of the traditional tools that you would like to highlight that, you know, may help those who are, you know, struggling from, from generating sales leads? Yeah, I think knowing, uh, knowing where, where to find lists, you know, um, we use in our company, Zoom Info. And so Zoom Info is a database where it allows you to segment uh, your, your target audience. And then they provide you with, you know, their email domain, their address, the name of the business owner. Uh, we also use LinkedIn Navigator. LinkedIn Navigator is another big resource for us because if, if I want to target, let's say the software space, from a company that has between 10 and $50 million in revenues, I can easily segment that information in, in Navigator and it'll tabulate the list specifically on who the correct target person is. So mm -hmm. I'm a big advocate of that. And you've seen some good results using some of these tools yourself? Uh, yes. No, it's, it's to be able to identify the our sales funnel, right? And typically if it's a cold, cold outreach, you you do have to provide several touches before you uh, kind of show any type of interest on their end. So usually after five touches, they say, okay, you know, um, how can I help you? What is it that your company does? And if someone gives you that opening and share with me what your company does, I typically recommend to call that individual and not respond via email because that way you can, you know, there's no inflection really in email. So going the extra step and calling them, I think, is a very strong vehicle to differentiating yourself. Um, and similarly, how, how we ended up in this podcast, if, if I can share it, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So I posted a video on LinkedIn about, you know, my, my thought process and beliefs in cold outreach. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally, the owner uh, wrote a comment on my, on my video. And when I saw that, I said, okay, well, there's an opportunity for me just to piggyback on the comment that he submitted. And I ended up calling him and, and sure enough, we had a 45 minute conversation, very open and welcoming simply because I made that initiative. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Uh, That's a great example of, of that. And you briefly mentioned, you know, one of the strategies when it comes to cold calling, um, you know, there's some people may not be comfortable with that when it comes to just calling people out of the blue. Uh, what uh, recommendations can you provide to help people kind of get over that hump and deal with, you know, deal with rejection? Because when, when it comes to call calling, you know, majority of the, you know, responses is either no response or it's, you know, it's very short and limited. Uh, mm -hmm. So what recommendations do you have as far as, you know, succeeding when it comes to cold calling or cold, cold reach outs? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, 
you know, I, I learned a long time ago is really putting, putting a dollar amount on someone that says no to you. Right. You know, so just, just for the sake of uh, simple math, if it takes me 10 calls to make one sale, right. That means that I have a 10% success rate in my outreach. Mm -hmm. Now, if I earn a thousand dollars in the transaction from that one sale, then that's the same thing to say that each person that says no to me, it's worth a hundred dollars. So every time I make the call and let's say, hi, John, this is Leo calling. And you say no to me. When I hang up the phone, I can say, thank you, John, for the hundred dollars. And that's a way of, you know, conditioning your thought process to not being so afraid because we feel that for every effort that you make in your outreach, you're earning compound interest. So you're getting closer to the yes because uh, because of because of the amount of effort that you're trying. So, mm -hmm. well, that, yeah, that's pretty interesting perspective in terms of actually tying some numbers to that. Um, and in terms of any examples that you may have that you consistently use when doing cold calls or cold cold emails, is there like a particular script that you follow, or is there like a list of you know, items or particular bullet points that you always, you know, try to have as part of that, you know, initial outreach, any, any recommendations there that you would like to highlight that really help you kind of stand out when it comes to picking up the phone and calling, you know, Hey, Leo, this is John and we've never met, but here's what I'm doing. Um, Correct. Anything that you can highlight from that standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what we recommend our clients, the first thing to do is provide what is called the pattern interrupt. And what that really means is when I call, I want to interrupt your natural process or your natural pattern of thinking. And so the way I do that is that, let's say I'm calling you, I'll say, hi, John, this is Leo Toledo. And then I just let the silence kind of continue. And immediately you're thinking, okay, well, you know, who is Leo Toledo? Do I, do I know him? Have I heard this name before? And then typically you'll respond with, okay, yes, Leo, um, how can I help you? And then I usually say, look, John, we don't know each other, but I probably caught you right in the middle of something. Mm -hmm. You see, because what ends up happening is that if, if you don't know me and then you say, yes, Leo, how can I help you? And I go into the reason why I called, all of a sudden I'm talking over you. Right. I'm assuming that what I'm going to respond with is applicable to you. So before I even introduce the reason why I'm calling, I ask you for your permission to say, well, first, before I tell you why I called, I probably caught you in the middle of something. Right. So if you say to me, um, yes, you did, then I deflect and say, OK, well, when would be a better time for me to call you back? <laughs> right. And then that way, you see, because that's how we communicate. I ask you first before I proceed. Right now, now, if you say, no, um, yes, well, look, I have a few minutes. How can I help you? Then I segue into, well, before I tell you the reason for my call, let me ask you, um, you don't happen to have a sales team in your company, do you? Because I'm calling specifically to train their salespeople and their sales management, right? That's why I'm calling. Mm -hmm. So if I call and I, and I don't ask if they have a sales team, and then I give my commercial and me working with sales teams after I finish, he's going to say, well, I don't have a sales team. 
we lost rapport. We lost our communication bonding. So the call is dropped. But if he does say, yes, I do have a sales team. Now I know that when I give my commercial, it could be applicable because he has a sales team. Very interesting. Um, what I'm also curious about is when, when someone does pick up the phone um, as part of that cold call, like you've mentioned, and you actually say that in your script that, hey, I probably caught you in the middle of you know something. I'm sure you were busy, you were whatever, but yet you answered. Um, what what type you know um, what how do you deal with that rejection initially when when the respondent says yes I'm in the middle of something I'm, you know I'm very busy um, kind of what do you need or how can I help and in order to keep that super quick obviously they try to get get off the phone because they you know they you know they don't want to be rude but they also in the middle of something what's kind of how do you change that the kind of the flow of that conversation when it, you know when when you encounter something like that yeah well i want to be on their side right mm -hmm. see the the aspect of selling and what what typically happens when you're not aware is that sales professionals think that it's a me versus you engagement it's me versus john right and the way that we sell is that you shift from me versus John to me and John. So it's we together resolving an issue together, right? So if you say to me, Leo, you caught me in the middle of something. Well, oh, forgive me, you know, obviously that happened because I called you unannounced. So what do you think we should do? You see, because now when I invite, so what do you think we should do now it's not me against you, it's we collectively coming up with a game plan for next step, if there is a next step. Right, right, right. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's all kinds of different variations of that, you know, how to deal with different scenarios. So I appreciate you sharing some of the kind of the insights of how, how at least you, you deal with some of that. Um, when, you know, you know, sales, you know, sales is king. Sales is everything. Without sales, every business is nothing. It's, you know, it's, it's one of the most important uh, elements of, you know, the business growth and all that. Well, we all know that. Mm -hmm. for, the, for, the, for the folks that are not necessarily sales trained or sales, that sales aptitude, but they're, they're trying to get over that particular hump or get better at sales. What would you recommend for them? Like, what would be the initial step? How do you like? How do you actually, you know, take that and say, let's say I was a software engineer and I'm not a sales guy by nature, um, but yet I do need to sell my product. Um, what are the initial strategies that really help kind of hit the ground running from kind of from that very beginning? What What do you recommend there? Right, that's a good question. So, one of the things that we train is to say. Okay, if I'm a software engineer and, and, and I produce these, these software products, what do my products solve? What are the problems that my product solves, right? And that makes it, you're, you have to be very clear on one to two to three specific areas that these areas, you know, that are the troubling areas on what your software solves. So if, for example, I'm calling someone or I have a meeting with someone, and they, I want to know how to sell my software, I'll typically start with 
typically the areas of which my software solves are problem one, problem two, problem three. Are any of those areas or problems happening in your world that is worth it for you and I to have a conversation about it? And if they say, yes, problem one or problem two, instead of saying, okay, well, here's how we fix it, you then just ask a simple clarifying question. Well, help me understand why is that happening in your business? Because, because the key for professional and successful selling is knowing the reasons or the motives behind the meeting. You know? And so, for example, if you're a sales development rep and you get inbound leads, what you want to do to be successful is don't try to run to the close. Ask questions on, well, why did you call us to begin with? What are the areas that are troubling you that, it, that led you to call my company? And how do you think my company could handle those issues? You see, I want to know the expectation before I say how we can help you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. And when, it, you know, yeah, especially I'm pretty sure one of the biggest challenges as part of kind of that sales process is getting to the right uh, decision makers um, and speaking to the right person who is actually capable of making that decision or, you know, helping you to get to that next level. What are your mm -hmm. recommendations when it comes to um, as part of that sales process, really get in front of the right decision makers? Uh, what right. can help me, I guess, on that same example as, you know, I'm a software engineer, I built a really cool product. Uh, and now I just got to get to the right, you know, in front of the right people who will make that decision as far as purchasing power or, you know, get engaged with the services that I provide. What are your recommendations mm -hmm. there? Yeah. So typically, if that example exists in our conversation, I would usually say something like, you know, in my past experience, when, when I get in front of an opportunity like this, my experience has led me to believe this is the process on how they make decisions. Is that similar here? So what I do there is that I'm, I'm using a third party reference or a, a past experience on a successful experience and then correlating into asking a question, is that how you guys make decisions here? right? Which is very different than me asking directly, how do you guys make decisions? Because it, it can be misinterpreted as being too abrasive, right? But if I say, well, my past clients, the way that we've been able to implement our software successfully, this is how they made decisions. Is that similar to how you make decisions? Mm -hmm. And then now what I've done was, is that I've segued my past successful experience to this present experience, and then they'll walk me through. So they can say something like, well, that's not the way we do it. We do it like this. And then now you know how they do it. Mm -hmm. So really what, what, what you're trying to find out is how they make their decision criteria, because not every company that we offer our software products to makes decisions the same way. So before I can ask you directly, how do you make decisions? I try to compare a past experience and I bring that into the conversation and then ask, how do you guys compare to that experience? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I mean, if you try to tie that 
particular need to what you know what need that they're experiencing as far as any painful process or problem that they solving for their customers that you know that makes perfect sense um so and i guess from a different perspective i guess leo what are what are your sources for learning how do you get better at sales yourself uh how do you improve your sales strategies what what is your what, what does that look like? What do you consume? What is your content diet from that perspective? <laughs> yeah, so that's a great question. So in our world, um, success is defined by three pillars in sales, right? Now you can apply these principles in really every area of life, but specifically for sales, it's behaviors, attitude, and technique, right? So the behavior aspect is, okay, what am I supposed to do daily? What, what are the areas, what are my KPI initiatives in terms of a behavior standpoint? Is it outreaching cold? Is it following up on my existing account managers? Is it my, my vendor relations? Is it making those calls, nurturing the relationship? So those are the behaviors that have to be consistent, whatever your monetary or financial goals are. Mm -hmm. Then the other pillar is your attitude towards the profession, your attitude or your belief system within yourself. You know, do you believe that your price, if it's more expensive, it's worth it? Or do you believe that you have to concede or discount in order for you to make a sale? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the, um, the attitudinal aspect of selling, in my opinion, it's, it's the most important. It's, you know, it's how you feel because when you're talking to someone, they're sensing the feeling, they're not really sensing what you're saying. And then the third component is the technique, which is, okay, how are you making the call? How are you structuring the beginning of the sales call? How, how do you structure your presentation, right? Do you just present and do demos just because someone asked you? Or do you have a strategy, a technique to deliver it appropriately? Mm -hmm. So from, the, yeah, from those three areas, that's how we feel that success in sales is at the very height. Got it, got it, got it. And last but not least, um, what are the different sales books or sales, I don't know, blogs that you recommend to others? What are, what are you, what have you read lately that really stood out? Or maybe there's a, maybe there's a sales book that you always recommend to others. And why is that? Share, share with us some recommendations, please. Yeah, the, the book that I recommend and for sales is um, how to teach a kid to that uh, you can teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar by by David Sandler, and really what it what it talks about is that for you to become a professional in selling you need practice, right? You cannot go into a seminar, a two day workshop, and expect to be transformed in the way you sell, right? Because we know that when we go into um, new information after two days, we practically lose what we learned. Mm -hmm. So continuing the, the practice or the reinforcement piece of sales process, mm -hmm. that's what that book specifically talks about and why it's so advantageous. Oh, that's awesome. I love the title of the book. It's, uh, it's definitely already catchy. And for our listeners, we'll make that title and the link to the book available in the episode notes. Um, Leo, last but not least, before we close out, how do you know how do our folks find you? How do they get a hold of you if they want to get in touch? Sure. They could they can send me an email. That's l.toledo 
at sandler.com. They can also ring me at my cell, uh, 305-219-0801. They can follow my, my page on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn forward slash sales tidbits. And they can see all the content that I post regularly about sales, sales strategies, and things that you can implement for you to increase your income. That's awesome. Leo, thanks so much for your time today. I know it was a very short conversation, but a lot of great strategies. I appreciate the kind of sharing some of, you know, parts of your secret sauce uh, when it comes to, you know, the sales strategies and sales training. So definitely much appreciated. We're going to stay in touch. Perhaps we're going to do another episode, you know, next year or so and see how much have changed. Great. I appreciate that. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed on ivypodcast.com and all major podcasting platforms like Spotify and iTunes. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes.